Tim, we uh, we all set this week? Going to get more than four minutes of this thing? Um, no. This <laughs> <laughs> is a choice. So you, guys, so you guys get four minutes of this juicy balloon here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready to get into this thing. All right, let's do it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The Dicks in the Back Row, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out in Nashville, and in Boston, we have Tim Begin and Mike Preble. How are you guys? Wonderful. I'm very excited to talk about some toxic sludge and the effect it has on amphibians. (laughs) (laughs) And over in uh, the south side of Chicago, we have the uh, heavily medicated on cold medicine, Derek Brady. How about the night terror has been treating you, Derek? (laughs) I mean, I'm used to cold sweats, so uh, uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm just glad that I made it to my hotel tonight. It was quite the adventure getting here, so glad to be safe and sound and not dead in a ditch somewhere. Thank you, Ways. <laughs> Take a right turn this on podcast is- MLK Street. Like there isn't any right turn. There's no road. It's gone. This uh, this podcast brought to you by Ways. Thank you, Ways. <laughs> For nearly getting people killed in every left turn in Chicago. All right. Well, but at least I knew there was a cop on the corner. You know. <laughs> well, uh, with the holidays coming up. Uh, we may not be able to squeeze in all four movies this month, but we did have time to jump into the smelly sewers of New York City and hang out with some six-foot-tall uh, pubescent turtles in 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, starring Judith Hogue, uh, Elias Cotius, I'm going to say that's his name. Uh, Got it. Right? <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> Josh Pace, uh, Corey Feldman, and Kevin Clash. Uh, so this was my pick of the month, just because I just wore out this VHS uh, tape when it, as a little kid. This one in the second movie, starring Vanilla Ice, uh, growing up. But it's been a while since I saw it. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's been a while. I used to really like it, but, you know, things change. People grow up. Yes. I don't think I ever saw this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. This plays a lot, too. Wow. Why are why you so dark and cold? Oh, I was going to say my mental stability. <laughs> Brought back a lot of memories and a lot of a lot of 19, uh, 1990s stereotypes, which is dope. <laughs> okay, so you guys ready to get into this movie? Yeah. Let's go. Awesome. So the first note I had this whole thing was, this is Dinkins, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Dinkins? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> This is exactly the ethos that Dinkins tried to cultivate during his reign. <laughs> so uh, the movie opens up with a shot of the Twin Towers, and as mentioned in Ghost, this is the good old gritty New York, not the one you really see anymore. And uh, you know this, too, because this uh, TV reporter, April O'Neil, is covering a mysterious surge of petty theft on a black-and-white TV on top of a newsstand. And if you did... did hold on. And you also know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Um, okay, but and you also know this uh, because this guy's reading the New York Post with the headline that says that there's a crime wave ongoing, while con- inconveniently for him, also getting his wallet stolen. And uh, as uh, you hear April just saying that the theft is baffling and often bizarre, you have the most elaborate pickpo- uh, pickpocketing scheme that I've ever seen because about like 18 dudes trade off on stealing this dude's wallet that probably has like 60 bucks in it. 
<laughs> yeah. that, was a, that was what I was going to say. It's like, how many steps are in this like scheme? They need to. They need to definitely make that more efficient. Yeah, that should be that should be a one step process. The thing is, the grown up watching this this movie, this is what I thought New York was. So I didn't go to New York until like the late '90s, and I just was like, I had my hands in my pockets. I was walking extremely fast, just because Ninja Turtles taught me <laughs> that New York was extremely dangerous. <laughs> Max was just walking around waiting for green turtles to pop out. Like, where, where are they? Where are you, Michelangelo? Is, yeah, extremely paranoid. Max was essentially walking around New York as a primary target for people. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be as safe as possible, but looking like the most vulnerable person in New York. I was say, I w- oh, boy. Let me tell you. Seeing Max as a prepubescent teen, he was a prime target. <laughs> I was going to say, I just like had the idea that there would be people that would be out pickpocketing and they'd be like, should I go after the businessman, the fancy suit, or the 10-year-old boy with a baseball cap? <laughs> 10-year-old boy right. it is. Get the boy. <laughs> I bet you he's got a whole pile of bazooka bubble gum in his pocket. <laughs> Probably got a Tim Raines rookie card in that pocket, too. Tim oh, boy. <laughs> So uh, you see a full truck of just VCRs get stolen in no less than 10 seconds. And then you also see this like poor old woman watching TV outside. And she turns her head for one minute and yoink! Someone just steals the TV with the I Love New York sticker on it. <laughs> I have to say, this, a, this thing had one of the funniest funniest lines in April saying, just again, going back to stereotypes like 1990s. She goes, from skateboards to stereo systems. Yes. I was like, man, that really does encapsulate the 1990s, doesn't it? Like that's exactly. what people care about. Just boom boxes and skateboards, like ghetto blasters, and everything else. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. But I, yeah. I will say that, like, you would think that a a crime syndicate of this skill level would have moved on from like you know just petty crime <laughs> at this point, like just high high volumes of just completely petty crime. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna turn a VCR for? Like thirty bucks? It's like, come on, guys. If you get, if you're this skilled to like break it into places, go break into Fort Knox. Go 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 start pushing some smack. Am I right, Tim? That, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, they could take a yep. lesson from the neighborhood from the guys in the neighborhood you're in right now, Paco. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah. can we talk about too the van that they're loading all these stolen goods into <laughs> did y'all notice that it's it on the side it said mario's diaper service what the fuck is a diaper service <laughs> a diaper service is something like back in like the 40s when they didn't have washing machines and they didn't have like disposable diapers so like you would have a cloth diaper and send it out to be washed yeah wash out all the shit stains savage was this movie set in the 40s? No, it was not. <laughs> no, bro, this is just 1990 so New York. So your Yeah, so your point is still valid. It's like you no, know, <laughs> that wouldn't be around. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, April signs off with a sick burn to City Hall saying the only thing more shocking than the silent crime wave is a silence from New York City Hall. You go, girl. <laughs> Bazinga. Also, does April work for like public access, access TV? Because this TV studio looks like it's on the same street that Patrick Swayze got murdered on. <laughs> uh, yeah, she has close. Been, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like a one-story building. So um, April, uh, with her trademark yellow raincoat from the comics and the cartoons, is walking through Skid Row <laughs> to walk home, and uh, she stumbles into Sam Rockwell and his teenage crew of junior Foot Clan thugs breaking into her van. God damn it! And and they they immediately resort to well, we got to kill this bitch. Like it's not like just turn around, you didn't see anything. No, they're they're gonna 
they're going to kill this bitch. But why? They just had this big score of something. They're loading all this yeah. the like electronic shit into the, like VC into the fucking you know the truck, and then all of a sudden they're like, ah, oh, well forget about that. We got to steal the, like the thirty dollars in this woman's purse. These are just no good hardened criminals, Tim. They can't they can't be focused on putting their Sega Game Gears in the back of this truck. <laughs> they need her purse. <laughs> Again, it's just right. like going back. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense because also the kids they have running this, I think, are being paid in fast food. Because one point where the kids steal, they're just like, oh, time to get back to, like, my my chicken nuggets and fries. Which is like, like no, this bro. whole world is topsy-turvy where, like, kids are getting paid in food and, like, people are out there, like, stealing 20 bucks. Because, you know, like, that's nah. how you amass a fortune. Probably you're wrong. They're getting, paid in, yeah. they're getting paid in free skateboarding and video games. Yeah, without any tokens. They're fucking hideout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and one, yeah, well, I think, well, we'll get to it later, but, like, one weird, yeah. like, semi- like woman of the night, like ten year old girl. I know. And <laughs> yep. I saw, and I was like, "This is very inappropriate <laughs> for this movie." Tell you though, those those arcade games, those coins add up pretty quickly. I mean, Derek, uh, we're what were we playing? Where what were we doing on uh, Saturday? Well, we were playing the uh, playing the Captain America game, and uh, we went through two dollars in about forty five seconds. Yep. <laughs> One sip of beer, we two dollars. Yeah, we realized just how bad we are at video games. <laughs> well, um, April tries to run away, yelling for help. The bad guys attack her, steal or trying to steal her watch. Then, boom! The only light in the street goes out, and uh, the screen goes completely dark, except for some karate kicking sound effects and some surfer dude voices just going "Hiya!" Whoa, cool! <laughs> and then uh, the lights from the cop cars uh, come on, and all the hoodlums are tied up and unconscious. And you see a pair of eyes and a red mask watching this, watching from the sewer, while April uh, takes a side weapon and puts it in her purse. Damn. <laughs> yeah, fucking dumbass, Raphael. <sighs> but like, no wonder why all these crimes are happening. Because April's holding like this two foot long, like triple dagger, and the cops are just completely ignoring that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and there's there's a, a, a manhole cover that's open at least six to eight inches. Two feet from everyone, and no one happens to fucking notice that. It's just like they making clinking noises. Make a lot of noise too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you cut away from all this uh, gritty shit and cue some upbeat, really white people hip hop music as uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come. A uh, title comes on the screen, and you meet all the boys. Yeah, that's the- what happened. <laughs> that is the intro of this movie. <laughs> And uh, all the turtles are just super pumped about beating up these guys, except for Raphael, who's just swearing, kicking rocks behind them. <laughs> yeah, like the, the dialogue, the dialogue in that whole scene is—I uh, didn't even write any of it down because it was just fucking no. jargon. It didn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> Bossa Nova. Yeah, I thought I would be more interested in writing down more of the dialogue that they wrote, like, but I like literally couldn't even keep up. Like, it would have taken me, like, four hours to transcribe, like, some of the funny things I heard because it's just out of control. It is. <laughs> I think, in reality, there just isn't much dialogue. There's a lot of just them saying slang terms that non in, in nonsensical places. And then, like, the their scene just kind of fades, and then there's another scene. So, it really, like, there isn't, like, much linking dialogue. It's basically just, like... It's like a picture book. It is. <laughs> it's just like one-liners. Yeah, it's just one-liners yeah. o- over yeah. and over and over. I'll agree with that because as I look at my notes now, they're like kind of incomprehensible because there's no <laughs> kind of like single, there's no like thread pulling this movie through. It's just like a yes. lot of 
nonsense. I, I, I wrote it down at some point that it's like the most like boring but sporadic movie I think I've seen in a long time. I, I mean, it just you never. There's no fucking progress being made until the last thirty minutes of the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, well, you then meet uh, the Turtles sensei father figure, Splinter, who's uh, played by Kevin Clash, who also is the voice of Elmo, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> yep. Good to see and, he's uh, done he's... a lot of successful things. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Splinter loves you. <laughs> that guy must be ugly as fuck. Like, literally, he's known for playing a, sw- a sewer rat and a, a gay, like, Teletubby type character. <laughs> Both from the trash. I don't think Elmo's gay, but go for it. <laughs> Kevin Clash is, though. <laughs> he got in trouble a couple years ago. Um, oh, he did? Yeah, with t- underage I'll boys. I'll look that up right now. What? <laughs> underage boys? Uh, yeah, Elmo was uh, was touching teenage boys. Um, oh, mm-hmm. dear. That makes sense. To there we honest. go. So, by proxy, Elmo is gay. Oh, God, no. (laughs) No. Elmo really loves you. There you go, kids. There you go. (laughs) Don't trust Elmo. (laughs) The dicks in the back row just giving kids nightmares from day one. And being uh, mildly homophobic. (laughs) Mildly. (laughs) I think Paco just said all gay people are pedophiles. (laughs) It's like, oh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's ratchet this back a little bit. No, no. God damn it. I got advertising selling self Chicago. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Splinter. That's that's what we're talking about. So uh, he's right. telling the turtles that they need to remain focused and resilient because he won't be around forever. But they're not really listening because Michelangelo is just aggressively ordering pizza, and uh, Leonardo and Donatello are dancing to the tequila song, and Raphael is putting on a trench coat and about to probably go shoot John Lennon or something. <laughs> yeah. The thing I have written for this scene is in all caps. That's not a disguise, Raphael. Yes! It's a coat and a hat <laughs> that don't cover any of the important part. You know, like, your turtle face? I mean, like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like when the end of... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that basically just reiterate what Pearl said. Yeah, I'm sorry if there's a little bit of delay on my side, too. My connection's kind of shitty. But uh, what Raphael is really doing, though, is uh, he's going to the movies. You got a problem with that, huh? I hate Raphael's voice in this. Why is he the only one that has a Bronx accent? I don't know. They all were raised in the same place. The sewers. They're all from Southern California, except for for him. Yeah. Well, uh, the next scene, Donatello and Michelangelo are waiting for pizza, and Donatello, who's voiced by Corey Feldman, uh, is kind of the empathetic turtle in the crew, and he wants to talk about what Splinter said, but Michelangelo is a pizza fiend and is only concerned about this pizza delivery guy being two minutes late, so no tip for this poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's kind of just the heartbreak, one of the more just ridiculous parts. Like, no way, bro, you're late by a minute. So it's like, <laughs> I hope you enjoy not getting any tip as you work your like sub-minimum wage job. Like, oh, you're 325 yeah. an what, hour. What absolute dicks they are. <laughs> yeah, throw it down the drain. Here's 10 bucks. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, By the way, um, that pizza guy is uh, the, the guy who uh, wore the Michelangelo suit. Hey, really? <laughs> yep. Huh? Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at the cast, like a lot of the guys that actually wore the suit were like extras or side characters in this movie. Yeah. Like one of them was the guy in the cab that, you know, was asking Raphael. about what. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Raphael is the only one who actually wore the suit and did the voice. All the other ones were just one or the other. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, when you got talent like Corey Feldman, you can't, you know, gotta 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 put that voice on the air. Yeah, then he wouldn't fit in that suit because he's like four feet tall. <laughs> uh, also, though, so I don't know if you guys know about the whole like the the pizza bidding war in this movie. But um, so I was Domino's, asking about the Domino's product placement. Yeah. Yeah, so Domino's and Pizza Hut both competed for this movie, and Domino's won the uh, product placement for the movie, but Pizza Hut got all the advertising rights, which like led to just like millions and millions of dollars. Because they had like cassette tapes, like a cross-country hip-hop concert tour, which was sponsored by Pizza Hut. They had Nintendo video games that uh, featured Pizza Hut and the you know the Ninja Turtles in them at the same time. Like they're throwing Pizza Hut boxes. And then uh, just like a shit ton of commercials that featured the Turtles. Meanwhile, Domino's is just going to be remembered as like the pizza shop that was late. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why <laughs> that's why Domino's is Domino's and Pizza Hut's Pizza Hut it's true I think. I guess yep. maybe last time I went to Pizza Hut I had terrible diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> but is that unusual Tim really it, it's not unusual <laughs> that's why that's why I had never go to Pizza Hut <laughs> might be See, lactose intolerant Tim. Tim and I were watching the Red Sox I was like Oop, hold on take care uh, that did happen <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this is bowel movements with Tim Begin. <laughs> Shit talk. Shit uh, talk. <laughs> Welcome to our, yeah. That, the Red Sox are over. We're back. We're gonna go into Shit Talk. <laughs> the podcast. Nikki's gonna love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's have uh, the you know the dirty dancing one be about abortions, which is the one that girls love, and then let's have Ninja Turtles be nothing about shit. <laughs> well, you and you and Preble could just hang up now. Paco and I got there. <laughs> this is the case. <laughs> Matter of fact, I took a nice grumper right before this podcast. That's that's great. <laughs> Let's that won't be in the podcast. Appreciate that. Now go into detail about that. <laughs> Let's not say you did. <laughs> so uh, next after this, he gets some nice new line product placement of Raphael walking out of uh, the movie Critters and. Uh, getting a little meta just saying something whatever uh but he does prevent an old woman from getting mugged uh and then as the hoodlums run into central park at night never a good idea because central park at night is full like demented sickos like casey jones um who's about to murder these two kids with a baseball bat before Raphael prevents it yeah i like how he becomes like a some like something of a hero but like meanwhile like he was going to murder a bunch of 14-year-olds like three seconds before. It's like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this guy wears like... Well, I wasn't really opposed to his to the action he was about to take. <laughs> Those kids had it coming. <laughs> Full support. Do you want to know why, guys? Do you want to know why? Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, here, guys. Because they didn't have a job. <laughs> Get those those kids need to get a fucking job. Maybe they don't get killed by someone who's out there trying to get people jobs. You know, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't think he's doing that. He was, was was based after me, but it might he might have been. <laughs> saying there's just an eerie similarity. All you did have that Tim begin flow and moderate yeah. amounts of rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, though, I, I didn't like Casey Jones as a kid, but I do like the actor. He just there's just no real need for him to be in this movie. Yeah, there really isn't. Like, he doesn't really move the plot along. Like, the whole movie can kind of go on without him. It doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, um, I don't. But I will say, he does make a great Jose Canseco reference. So. <laughs> is, is, isn't that worth it, gang? Isn't it? Yeah, what do you say? He's like, I hope you didn't pay for that. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Jose Canseco like signed bat and he's beating the shit out of people with it. And then he also just has a cricket bat. Why not? You know, for the international audience, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and also Casey Jones is most likely a Central Park serial killer, right? <laughs> but imagined. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't some like uh some heroic some flawed hero. He was actually just a serial killer. No, he, he's getting rock hard about to teach this turtle a lesson. If you saw the if you saw the day after what like the end of this movie, it would be you know, oh, Central Park serial killer caught trying to kill local reporter April O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> also, though, then he just goes on to say like, "What are you, a punker, a bald punker with green right. makeup? Like, what kind of fucking First punker of all, looks like this?" To Preble's point, I mean, you should be able to understand that it's like a fucking turtle or like some monster <laughs> just from his disguise of basically just a hat. Someone from the Bronx. <laughs> and, and once the hat's off, I mean, the fact that you don't fucking understand that this is like an out, that this is like a fucking freak monster <laughs> and start running away, I don't know, I don't, you know. Yeah, I've never seen a fucking nose like that. No. Mm-mm. Of course not. I've never seen someone that's six foot tall green and has a shell. <laughs> like, at some point, you know, your brain and the neurons just have to start firing, and you recognize either this person is like horribly, is horribly disfigured, or it's a turtle. So, it's a turtle. We have to make some choices here. Yeah, the only person that's not fooling is this cab driver because uh, Casey hits him with a cricket bat and runs away, and Raphael goes chasing after him and kind of gets hit by this cab. And then the the guy in the backseat who is also Raphael uh, just asks, like, what the hell is that? And the cab driver goes, yeah, it looks like a big turtle in a trench coat. You're going to the Guardia, right? <laughs> Doesn't even phase him. No. Because he's a real New Yorker. He's seen everything. <laughs> exactly. I love that. When they're always just like, it's always supposed to be like these people, like, it's like, oh, he's a cab driver, but he's like a genius. He's like, yeah, he's the right. only one who's like recognizing the situation for what it is. Like, oh, holy shit. Does anyone see that huge turtle run by? Ariel's just like, no. Listen, when you grew up in when you grew up in Brooklyn, you see those things running around everywhere. No big deal. Come on, we going to Laguardia, right? All right, we could stop and get a sausage. <laughs> sausage. <laughs> there's alligators in the toilets, and there's just six foot turtles in the streets. Just it's New York. What do you got to do? <laughs> this just happens when you cut the taxes. All right. Dinkins. Uh. <laughs> so after this, uh, Casey gets away and you cut back to the sewer with Splinter calming Raphael down, uh, saying that you don't have to do this alone and I'm here for you, uh, which is a much more touching scene that you would expect from a turtle and a seven foot rat puppet. Um, I would agree. Yep. But then you cut the next day and back into the nitty gritty. So uh, next day you're at April's house with her boss, Charles, checking in on her after this mugging. And he also has this uh, shithead son, Danny, with him as well, who's just a real piece of work with his sit vicious T-shirt and his headphones and his stealing April's money. I love that he was nice enough to return it at the end of the movie, though. Sorry, skipping ahead, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. Spoilers, I, bro. I, you ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> More to come from Danny later on, but uh, his dad's just saying that he has to drive him to school every day now because he keeps on skipping school and is doing uh, hood rat things with his friends. You little shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after this, April's interviewing Chief Stearns, who is probably the most New York-looking dude I've ever seen, with his <laughs> greasy receding hair, sweaty olive skin, and multiple chins. <laughs> this guy just looks like a Yankees fan who throws batteries at eight-year-old girls at Yankee Stadium and then says that the Red Sox were unprofessional after winning the World Series. 
Okay, this guy just looks like a non-legal version of the late Antonin Scalia. Just like a huge bullfrog <laughs> face. Like, that's who you remind me of. You're the real Ninja Turtle. <laughs> He's definitely one of those guys that's like, yeah, but we got 27 fucking rings, dude. <laughs> count them. Count them. Right. Yeah, I wasn't around for like 18 of them, but count them. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, old Greaseball Stearns is saying filler words like, we're doing everything to keep New York safe and, and Dinkins we trust. But April isn't having any of it, and it's kind of being a sassy dickhead. Saying, like, oh, thanks, Chief. Can you say that in English? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, April hasn't really grasped the uh, the concept of, you know, like, ingratiating yourself to the people that you cover so that they'll give you inside information. Yeah. Like, that really hasn't, like, reached her. She's just like, I'm going to be a dick, and, there, and then that's going to work. It's like, you're just, you're just a bad reporter, April. No. <laughs> she just keeps insulting all of the people she's speaking to, and then she's like, yeah, now they won't tell me anything. How dare they? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't tell you anything if you kept making fun of me the whole time. Yeah, give right. me. What a misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> well, April is not pissing off Stearns. Or, April's not only pissing off Stearns, but also some shady figure in a helmet watching the coverage on about 40 TVs all turned on to the same station. <laughs> the Foot Clan. Oh. Is the Foot Clan. Shadow figure in the back, though. You don't know who he is yet. Yeah. Shout out Rex Ryan. <laughs> 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 Another huge six foot uh, tall frog. <laughs> well, he throws a knife at the TV, and after he hears uh, her pressing the chief to acknowledge the Foot Clan, he uh, then says, Find her and silence her. And uh, I always love the scene, though, after this of the chief yelling at April. It's going like, <laughs> O'Neill, get in here! <laughs> you tell me how to do my job! Give me a badge and gun! <laughs> I'm a reporter, Chief. I don't have one of those. <laughs> Give it to me anyways. Riggs Murtaugh, get in here. <laughs> Throws a gun at her. It's fully loaded. Now give it back. Right. <laughs> Here's my badge. Now give it back to me. Okay. So uh, April doesn't see Danny getting arrested in the background, but uh, after this, or after getting chewed up by the Chief, uh, she's then getting tailed by Raphael as well as about ten ninjas who all appear at this empty train station, uh, which is also the same station that Michael Jackson uh, performed the music video of Bad in. Yep. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice. Did did you guys notice the headline on the newspaper that uh, that they were holding up when they were like, I forget who it was, was fucking like trying to hide? Uh, All it said was, it's worse. (laughs) That's that's all it said. Very vague. Like, real grabby headline there, guys. I don't know who's looking at the copy at the New York Post, but someone needs to be fired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, also, April's kind of a racist, too, because uh, they say, like, we've been waiting for you, Miss O'Neill. It's like, what, am I late on my Sony payments again? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I wrote that down. Sony payments make me want to... Yeah, but she was accurate. Yeah, well, not shockingly that she gets slapped in the mouth after this and is told to stay quiet, but then she fights back. I was going to say, yeah, are these like the Sean Connery ninjas? <laughs> Just constantly running around hitting women? <laughs> slapping them? Slapping them around? There's nothing, I mean, I like my children's movies to have brutal violence against women. Yeah. Just like a, a cold Listen. clock to the jaw. 
Listen here, you slut. <laughs> back, back in Scotland, women keep their mouths shut. <laughs> Mr. Cannery? <laughs> How do you know it's me? How could you possibly know it's me? Yeah. Well, it was a pretty distinctive voice, Mr. Connery. Oh, this always gets me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Dinkins. <laughs> well, uh, after getting knocked around, Raphael comes out and beats up all the ninjas and takes April back to their turtle lair. Uh, but one of the ninjas follows him back. Yeah, some fucking ninjas they are. Yeah, they God suck. Damn it. <laughs> I know, right? It's like Raphael. Do you know anything about being a ninja? He's like, well, let me just waddle back to my to my <laughs> hole here. <laughs> not thinking, not thinking to look around, make sure no one's following me. So April's unconscious, and she wakes up to see a giant human rat hybrid splinter smiling at her, which uh, she understandably freaks out. Which then also makes all the turtles freak out as well. And uh, after she calms down, Splinter tells her their origin story, that 15 years ago, why don't I ever dream of Harrison Ford? Ugh. Mm-hmm. 15 years ago, when he was a normal rat, Splinter studied his master Yoshi's ninja moves for years, but he was forced to go to New York and was eating garbage in a sewer when he came across four turtles moving around in toxic waste. And to his surprise, they quickly grew larger and started walking and talking. And over time, he trained them all the... Uh, ninja lessons that he learned and also gave them names this fucking scene so yeah. much about this scene first off we're easily told that these turtles are crawling around in radioactive material how do we know that because <laughs> it's printed on this fucking side of the can radioactive material <laughs> and like just the turtles growth and like evolution that shit was creepy as fuck yeah, it's like that, claymation like, or something. Was like something out of a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's all black. It's like you're having like a migraine, Ugh. and that's the only thing that you see. It's just this yeah. horror show. It's like a bad acid trip. <laughs> so, Pizza. I have, <laughs> so I have, oh my god, I have, a, I have a couple of questions about. Whoa, I have one, two things. To say. First, that is the most appropriate reaction for any of the movies we've seen so far to something <laughs> magical or amazing happening. <laughs> Yeah. She freaks out, understandably, because that's what you that's what you should do. But the other thing that I just don't get is so was Splinter always like a little bit like special or unique? Because he talks about his past before he interacts with like the radioactive stuff, right? And it seemed like he was like yeah. moving around and being kind of like semi smart and then like because then he's like, Oh, because then the stuff started affecting me too or whatever. But, like, was he always somewhat unique? Because he seems to remember a shit ton about living in Japan with, like, you know, after <laughs> learning kung fu and ninjutsu. And then, but, but I, so I didn't get that. I was like, so he was, like, always cool or unique, but now he's, right. I don't, I don't know. He did make a point to say they reacted, like, especially on my intelligence. But in order for him to have, like, learned all the jujitsu and kung fu moves ninjutsu yeah. moves or whatever the fuck they call it he would have had to have been smart from the from the get-go yes that's my problem is that he apparently learned that in japan then stuff happens before we will talk about it later and then he comes to new york and then gets in fact you know gets you know impacted by this these toxins so he must have been like yeah. a super smart rat or something back in japan and then became even more intelligent here so i don't know yeah. Um. So the one, th- the other thing that I in this scene that I like co- sort of took from it is that at the beginning, when they all come back from saving April O'Neil, 
Swindgers. Like, you need to be secret. Everything needs to be secret. <laughs> Never tell anybody. And then, like, all of a sudden, he just, there's a woman there, and he goes, all right, well, let's tell her everything. <laughs> let's tell this fucking member of the media. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, not, not just a woman, a member of the fucking national media. It's like, what... What happened to the secrecy splendor? Yeah. I thought that was. He's like, this is my moment. This is my moment. I'm going to get a memoir out of this. <laughs> when I wrote down, I was like, but didn't Splinter say five minutes ago they should always remain in the shadows? And now they're doing the right. exact opposite because, like, they watch TV, <laughs> so they like know who she is, and then they're like, oh, it's that famous woman. Well, time to open up and have our like, you know, hour long discussion with April O'Neil about like why we're mutants on Maury. Also, though. It's like, so that toxic waste um, in the comics and everything else too. That uh, that ja- like that jar of waste is also the same like can that uh, blinds uh, Murdoch to turn him into Daredevil, and then it like goes down a drain, and then the Ninja Turtles pick it up. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we're to understand that Daredevil and the Ninja Turtles exist in the same universe. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I concur with Paco's sentiment. <laughs> well, also, though, this whole little intro, it is nice, though, that you get, you know, it's a nice, quick intro. You don't have to go through this whole origin story of the turtles. It's just like, here's a, a 45-second, extremely creepy and pitch-black storyline <laughs> of how all these things happen. Now we can go back to the present. So after this, they bring April back to uh, her house, and uh, I had a legit, like, a laugh-out-loud funny moment when April just goes, I'd invite you guys up, but all I have is frozen pizza. And then you just have like this sound effect with uh, Michelangelo like sped up and like floating out of the sewer like extremely quick. Yeah, that was that sound was an actual turtle boner having. <laughs> At this nice little pizza party, the turtles go back to their sewer home, and it's been broken into, and Splinter has been kidnapped. Hold on, before well, before yeah, before that, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. okay, so before so that, that. Just. okay, so. Uh, like when they're in April's apartment there I mean to Preble's point before that was the most appropriate reaction in the moment that like you know people have to these like sort of outlandish unrealistic premises that we're like we're, you're supposed to accept but she has taken to this new reality yes. extremely quickly <laughs> in her apartment like it has been 15 minutes and she's found out that they are talking turtles and a talking rat and she's just like you're my new best friends Woo! <laughs> Honestly, I, I kind of took it more like you know she found out 15 minutes ago this whole thing happened and then she's like hey you boys want to come up for a nightcap of frozen pizza and then like <laughs> it was just turtle that's a good orgy. point she was very she was very flirty yeah, like, I just imagine Big Shell, you know what that means. <laughs> Three-fingered hands caressing April's entire body. Oh, God. She was watching tortoise porn the whole night. <laughs> uh, you know that there's some really uh, creepy, disturbing, erotic fan fiction of that, too. Right. Just April just getting... Oh, God. Never mind. Yeah, we just keep I'm not going to say this. Turtle porn! <laughs> go, Ninja! Go, Ninja! Go! Oh, oh no. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, they go back to their sewer home and it's been broken into and Splinter's been kidnapped. What? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Raphael. (laughs) Yeah, I love that Raphael screams so loudly that this, like, old black man walking, like, above the streets just like... (laughs) He's like, the fuck was that? (laughs) Just, like, walks out of the way. Well, uh, also at the same time, uh, the TV boss Charles gets a call from Chief Meatball about his son getting arrested. <laughs> and uh, after a little hide and seek by the turtles at April's house, Charles is driving Danny to school. 
scolding him about stealing stereos when Danny just runs out of the car. Uh, takes a subway to the Foot Clan's TV 14 Chuck E. Cheese Discovery Zone warehouse. <laughs> well, yeah, hold on. Before we get to that, yep. can we talk about the point that April's boss literally just stopped by her apartment to tell her to take a break from the story and then left? Like, that's a phone call conversation. Yeah, I, th- I think they're fucking... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It does seem unusual that they keep meeting at her apartment, like, constantly. It's like, right. stop. Like, I don't, I get, I get mm. you want a new location, so you're not always in the sewer or whatever, but no. Do something Hold else. on, hold on, I'm just, okay, I just want to be clear about something. Because my boss invites me over to his apartment a lot, and I, he, he makes me drink the, what he calls fruit punch, and it doesn't taste like fruit punch. And then I wake up like two hours later a little groggy out in his front lawn, and my butt hurts. It's from all so that are you pizza. Telling me that this is, are you telling me that that's inappropriate somehow? You've got smeared makeup on your lips? Or like smeared yep. lipstick? Yep. <laughs> So the whole, yeah. just, I, no, before we move on here, guys, what's is this? Is this something I should be concerned about? No, I'm no. getting a little nervous. Keep rolling with it, brother. Oh, okay, okay. As long as it's appropriate. As long as you're just moving up in the company, you're good. Right now, Max, we can get back to the underground arcade, dance hall, skate park, graffiti studio, and casino. Yeah, dude, it's pretty fucking sweet. You got like kids yeah. smoking cigars, playing pool. You got uh, ten-year-old child prostitutes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I was in the Foot Clan. wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah. No, it's pretty uh, Foot Clan. pretty solid recruiting pitch made by Shredder here. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say. Yeah, if you really want to get, I took it hook, line, boys, and sinker. They've they found their way. Yeah, Tim, it sounds like yeah. you're in a di- you're in a different kind of Foot Clan right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, what I I'm. I tend to be lured into cults. After the Foot Clan, David Koresh came through, and I was like, "Oh, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about." So I went, I went to, with him down to Waco, and then you know, the government and him had a misunderstanding. Anyway, so we can move, move along. It's a catastrophic misunderstanding between the U.S. government and the Branch Davidians. Right. Another great opportunity for us to get way off topic. We <laughs> talked about Schindler's List. Now we're talking about David Koresh. To be fair, I of course, like, that. like this. This is what Mike does every every other moment of the day. So this is just this is an extension of my life. <laughs> this is also place. the this is also the second Waco reference I think we've had in like four episodes. <laughs> yeah. People must think we really enjoyed that one with uh, whatever rigs from uh, whatever yeah. real. From uh, God damn it! From uh, was it Friday Night Lights? The, yeah, that yeah. Guy's the Canadian guy, whatever his name is. Yeah, that dude and uh, John Ligazaremo. Oh, Liguizamo. 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 Yeah. Almost, the Tibble, Prince of Cats from Romeo plus Juliet. Sure. Right. Or the right, clown. Guys? Or the clown from Spawn. Also, true. that's what I think of him as. <laughs> Max and I just have two different worlds with that one. So you also meet Master Tetsu. I'm going to say that's his name, uh, who's second in command, training some kids, and uh, also kicking them in the head uh, when you hear this gong banging in the distance to signal a full team meeting. So uh, you then meet Shredder for the first time, and a pretty sweet intro for him, for like a kid's villain. Pretty badass. Like, this movie's dark, as in like the lighting in this movie is like extremely dim, and uh, it's very hard to see at times. And um, besides, like, the turtles, you have some pretty, you know, gritty stuff going on here. Yeah. Can we, can someone please answer the question for me why these people are recruiting teenagers and, like, adolescents as their hit squad? They're, like, boys. 
Okay, that made sense. I couldn't hear either of those. <laughs> I won't say anything. You don't want to know what mine Kinda was. Kind of seems like a Trump rally. That whole, the whole like, <laughs> eat, you know, scene down there. <laughs> Very different. Ugh. Yeah. Turtles are bad. Everyone says this. We all know it. <laughs> Crooked Hillary. I mean turtles. <laughs> There's a caravan of people that are infected with toxic sludge. I hear. <laughs> coming for us. Run. They're coming for the border. No one cares about you. The government doesn't care about you. We're bringing coal miners back. I'm going to give you your jobs back. <laughs> We're going to make these sewers great again. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. That's going to be great. Oh, it's doing great. So, and also, <laughs> the, shredder, the shredder quote of, I am your father. Come the fuck on now. Come on. We're, we're past that. That was so fucking lame. So seven years ago. Jesus Christ. Well, he's uh, telling his band of misfit toys that they need to punish these turtles because uh, the the way he says turtles, it's like, uh, come on, Shredder. Uh, You know better. The turtles. It's almost like he thought that he was like inventing the word turtles when he said it. He's like, these, I don't know what to call them. I'll call them. Turtles. Mm, yes, yes, it seems like an appropriate word for them. See, I venture to think that, like, that all of these yeah. Asian actors actually don't have any accents. They're all like American accents. Yep. But the director just made them have an incredibly offensive, stereotypical Asian accent to the point where yep. they didn't even know how to operate it. That's pretty much what it was because both of these like Asian dudes in this movie, they're only the actors and they had someone ADR their voices who are like, you know, John Williamson and like <laughs> Bo Nash or something like that, you know. Oh god. That's always like I always just remember what was it like when Ichiro came over for the first time and they had him do the I live for this, but he said it in like a super stereotypical Asian accent. But then like you hear from him in real life and he speaks like he speaks English fine. Yeah. It's like why do you like why did you do this? It's oddly racist thing for you <laughs> yeah, to do, basically. MLB. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, but he's saying these these turtles are getting away of their operation. Meanwhile, you see old Splinter all bloodied up and beat up and tied up in chains in another room. And uh, Danny speaks up after Shredder mentions the turtles. Fuck this kid. Stupid daddy issue Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Um. Great job by Jim Henson, though, with Splinter. Like, he's, like, all bloody. His eyes are watery. Like, his nose is, like, kind of moving, like, and, you know, quivering when Shredder mentions that they need to kill the turtles. Yeah. Solid job. I was going to say, I think the, like, outfits overall, granted, they're not, like, great by today's standard, but still. Like, they, I think they hold up pretty well for their time. Be like, all right, I can, I can dig. Like, the mouths, the eyes, they're all kind of moving, expressive. So I was like, all right, I can, I can buy this. Well, especially once you get to uh, Ninja Turtles 3, because, whoa, boy, they look like shit. Oh, God. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah, I hope to never see that future. Mm-mm, not good. Uh, meanwhile, the Turtles really don't seem to care much about uh, their dad being kidnapped, because two of them are just munching away in the kitchen, all just la-la-la, while uh, Raphael gets pissed and goes to the rooftop to uh, take out some of his anger with shadow karate fighting. Yeah, this was this was Kevin Bacon and Footloose all over again. That's what I have down in my notes. Just fight dancing across the roof. I need a hero. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Casey Jones sees him. I'm like, I'm I'm like Bacon. Someone actually does watch this, which is uh, Casey Jones from a nearby rooftop. And soon after this, Raphael gets jumped by the Foot Clan. Um, 
So then after the show, it does make a little more sense why the Turtles are just, you know, getting blitzed and yelling at cartoons in April's apartment. Uh, because she did a special report on the Foot Clan, even though she wasn't supposed to, uh, with the hopes of generating some leads for the Turtles. Uh, but they could still be doing something more productive than just, like, you know, hotboxing April's entire apartment. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's clearly what they're doing. Well, uh... They were jerking off in there. <laughs> Spawning all over the place. <laughs> yeah. April comes also, out of her bedroom with a cigarette. Oh, right. But just a, oh boy. I, I just got tortoised. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but hold on. But the the Casey guy, the guy, the the Casey character, he's definitely Scott Stapp, right? <laughs> Not anymore. You should see what it looks like now. Oh boy! <laughs> That's the the actor who played him, yeah. or Scott Stapp? No, well, I guess both. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I know the I know what the actor who played him looked like, yeah. but well, yeah. Going back to the turtles, just banging away. Just you know, there's probably just a big pile of like turtle eggs in the corner. April comes in, she's like, <laughs> "I didn't say there were supposed to be any girls in here." Like what? Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> um, Can we talk about that? They were watching the tortoise and the hare on TV. Oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah, and he's just yelling at the tortoise. Go! Go! <laughs> uh, Jesus. Well, I uh, cut back to Raphael, and he's beating up a bunch of the ninjas. Also funny when he just says, it's like, come on, guys. How are you supposed to beat me? And then, like, 15 of them come out with swords. He says, good answer. Good answer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes these movies, like, really surprise you with things that just make me actually laugh out loud. Like, and that was one of them. I was like, that, that's actually very funny. All right, I like this. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Touche. Touche. All right, well done. They are ninjas. But I did have, I was going to say, I do have down, I mean, I was like, Raphael, they're all children. Just murder them. Like, you're like a super active, superhuman turtle monster who's trained in ninjutsu, and they're like 15-year-olds who are just like, want to get back and you know, like play video games and lust after like thirteen year old girls. Like just fucking beat them up. <laughs> but that's also they're like they're they're like super radioactive. They're probably like giving people cancer. <laughs> that's that's the that's the latest edition of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're just dealing with the the, uh, the hazardous effects. It's just hazmat suits all the time. <laughs> with them. It's like a twentieth century plague ongoing because all the turtles are just sneezing on all their enemies. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, you got this seven foot rat in the sewers, too. I'm sure he's not helping anything. <laughs> right. Well, um, all the turtles are talking about how Raphael should be home anytime soon, and he just goes flying through the sunroof, and a bunch of Foot Clan come out and uh, break through the windows. And I uh, <laughs> always did like the, uh, the Nunchuck showdown with Mikey and the Ninja as a kid. Well, before so, that, um, they break every fucking window, they come in from rude. everywhere. Yeah. Even, yeah, windows are clear. They don't have any, you know, area to any get Any reasonable through. access, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, psh, the fucking door, the windows. Like, yeah. It's a good thing they break this bitch down. Oh, yeah. Um, also funny, though, when Donatello's saying to not knock out all the bad guys because one of them might know about Splinter, so he does, like, a front and backhanded bitch slap to one of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this fight was backed by... By circus music, right? I mean, it was like, and they're like fucking going at it. Yeah, and then it picks it up after. 
Yeah. So it starts picking up. You know, for a while you got yeah, you got the circus music. They're just like comically fighting each other, just having a great time for the next few minutes, um, which I'm sure was just a big deal for like the uptight white parents of Middle America back in 1990. Um, when Casey Jones just gets in on all the fun as well with his fucking Jason mask, and uh, <laughs> of course, since this is Casey, that means that someone needs to die. So uh, one of these uh, air quote ninjas throws a sword at a, like an electrical post and most likely dies and accidentally sends the entire building on fire. Yes, I was gonna say this place went up way too quickly. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a spark and hit a breaker and it's just <laughs> like there's fire no, no, trailing across one, the floor. Right. That's what 120 volt power does. <laughs> All right, Tim, I'm gonna trust you on this one. But I felt like I was I was in the middle of battle. No, I'm just. <laughs> I was gonna say. No, I'm just. I'm kidding. I mean, you put a you put a knife in a fucking in a outlet. You're probably not gonna die. Like that's that's. <laughs> That's the fact of the matter. Except for the fact that uh, the, the turtle's been sniffing gasoline all day and they spilt it all over the apartment. Yeah. Oh, well, God. April, Casey, and all the turtles then escape. And uh, this really pisses Shredder off. So he starts just wailing on this poor, frail, elderly splinter like a punching bag. And uh, this also pisses off uh, Tatsu as well. And he starts just beating up a bunch of, like, 16-year-old kids. Yeah. They really lost it at that point in time, you know, for being like martial artists or whatever. I thought I was supposed to maintain some, some sort of discipline. They're like, fuck this shit. They're just <laughs> ruining everything. Pointing at this like little 150 pound kid. It's like, you! Just bashing him in the face. <laughs> uh, well, after all this child beating and, you know, buildings burning, uh, it's really kind of given Danny a second thought about this whole gang thing. So he goes to visit Splinter, and they have a nice little heart-to-heart, since uh, Splinter can clearly see through this kid that he's just an insecure little pussy. So, uh... This sounds like a conversation that a Catholic priest has with a young <laughs> altar boy before perhaps the Catholic priest gets gets uh, moved uh, churches. To the next district. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still in driving distance, yeah. <laughs> Right. Some, yep. Somewhere Bill Dooley is just increasing in anger as we, as we speak <laughs> right now. The, the mounting evidence against the Catholic Church is still not enough for Bill. <laughs> Daniel, come closer. No, you can keep me chained. It's okay. <laughs> I like it like this. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you cut back to all the good guys at this farm, which is just a total waste of time in this movie because... Nobody cares about the will-they-won't-they they romance between Casey and April. Like, it's just well, again, filler. For, for, for half the movie, I thought the romance was between these fucking turtles in April, and then all of a sudden, yep. this long-haired, you know, Casanova steps into the, the picture, and I don't know. Because April's even fucking drawing sketches inexplicably of all these... God, God damn it, this fucking whole se- sequence. Just, just cut it out. Hmm. Make this an hour-long movie. Well, she's like she goes. Her line is, "He might almost be cute if he was, if it wasn't for blah blah blah." <laughs> and it, like that's that's a twelve to twelve year old girl says. Right, right. Well, yeah. that's like. And then she. What's that movie with Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd? Clueless. 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 Yeah, that's what like a line from Clueless. <laughs> this woman's supposed to be like thirty five. I also just want to point out. Almost everybody else on the podcast immediately said Clueless. We've yep. struggled with all these other types of movies, but the one movie we're all hell, we know it's a fucking down path. It's Alicia Silverstone's Clueless. So that's good. That's a coming soon, I guess. I guess it's, it's just in the winds. 
Well, I think what she really should have said was, he'd be cute if he changed his fucking pants. Because this is the only thing I was thinking this entire time in these scenes, is that how disgusting must Casey Jones' sweatpants be? <laughs> he never changes his pants in this movie. Yeah. Not once. <laughs> Not even once. He's walking through sewage. Those are his old hockey sweatpants. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, he's walking through sewage, he's fighting ninjas, he's crawling through burning fires, he's fixing old pickup trucks. He was also wearing them in Central Park, like, several days before that. Like, how is she just not throwing up from the smell? Hmm. Scott Stapp has a... He has a way with women, you know what I mean? (laughs) He just starts saying, Can you take me higher? I'm not going to wash my pants. (laughs) <laughs> they just get weak in the knees, you know? <laughs> it's the stamp effect. Well, stamp effect. God uh, damn it. Actually. Stamp affection. <laughs> well, uh, cut back to Shredder, and you uh, find out that Danny's now gone, and the reason why Shredder's so hell-bent on these turtles is because their fighting style reminds them of someone in his past. Hmm. So uh, Leo's just doing some ninja focusing and sees Splinter, and then all the turtles go on a peyote trip in the woods, and uh, Splinter <laughs> talks to them, saying that they're now all real ninjas. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you guys can talk about the, the farm if you want, but I just don't give a shit. Well, can we talk about the very handsy massage that Casey gave April? Yeah, we could talk that about was, that. Oh, dude, that was the he was getting into that it. That was the weirdest scene ever. That was the weirdest <laughs> scene ever. His hands she just got walked way it in. She's just down like, low on her chest. Well, not even that. Right. He pins her down. She right. just like get off yeah. of me. He's like, <laughs> but the whole exchange was really weird because she walks in and it's like she is like very sort of you know. I don't know, like forwardly, like rubbing the shoulder, like making it very obvious yeah. that her shoulder hurts. Nudging. So, and then, yeah, and then Casey just like grabs her by the shoulder and forcefully pushes her in the chair. And I was like, I'm giving you a massage. I was like, this, yeah, this is not how foreplay happens. No, you know, he's just whispering to her. It's like, you're in the woods with a bunch of human turtles. No one's ever going to believe you. It's like, okay, I'll sit right. down. It's about the implication. And then all of a sudden, Scott Stapp turns into Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it's about, it's about the implication. Right, right. <laughs> Dennis I mean, this system. Whole, this whole thing just doesn't make... So, to back to the earlier point where it's like, you know, there's supposed to be like some romantic, you know, point going on, you know, going on here. And like, I thought this was going to be the part where like, Raphael would come in, see this, and be upset, right? I thought that would be like the next emotional move. And they're just like, hey, what's up? Like, hey. pizza or whatever, turtle wax <laughs> right. or something. And then, yeah, turtle oh, yeah. wax. Yeah, what are they gonna do with that turtle wax? I don't know, but it they're was gonna a, jerk what each a other off. Singer. But that's a good point, probably because like, uh, what's her name? Fucking Ginger, whatever the fuck her name is. April. April. April <laughs> fucking April O'Neil went from being like the love interest, like this sort of like love fantasy of all the Ninja Turtles kissing her on TV. To all of a sudden, yeah. Right, to all of a sudden, it's just like, hey, man, go ahead and fuck her. But hey, you know? <laughs> Like, they don't care anymore. That's the thing I think is weird. weird. I mean, like, yeah, we I know this is like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, so, but like, even these movies have like underpinnings of like, you know, regular storytelling. Like, people have feelings and emotions, right? And like, this, I, that was the, I thought that was the whole point. It was just like, they all thought she was attractive, and then there was clearly like, a, like something between, you know, her and Raphael, because she talks about him on TV or whatever. And then, like, and then this this happens. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I was misled. Yeah. I thought there was going to be some sweet human slash 
turtle sex. And I, <laughs> and I am. Bestiality at his finest. <laughs> exactly. Preble was warming up his lotion. He was ready for it. I'm ready to see Preble some turtle soup. Like, uh, <laughs> sounds like you need, uh, you need to be writing some fan fiction here. You know? I, I'd like to hear that story, Preble. I might have to, you know, as I was watching the election results and also trying to watch Teenage Mutant Turtles, there was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. I turned into pent-up sexual frustration. We just don't know. Some good old turtle fucking. Exactly. That'll that'll soothe my ills. It's just super slow. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like Mike, like Mikey came in. He's like, "Well, my penis stays inside my body most of the time, so there's not much I can do." It's like shrugs his shoulders, just like walks out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the turtles decide to go back home, and they find Danny in the closet. I'm just gonna leave that one open ended. Uh, who? Uh... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they sure did. Gay mm-hmm. Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sucking on his thumb in the closet. <laughs> He's waiting for Splinter the turtles. Just to made sleep. Danny a man. <laughs> oh no! Now they're, they're gonna really take out that pent up frustration. Oh no! <laughs> Not you, Splinter. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is how all the turtles get initiated. We're like the Spartans. Now bend over, Danny. <laughs> Someone needs to call Bill Dooley on a welfare check. <laughs> uh, well. He promises to go home if he can spend the night in the turtle sewer. Okay. So uh, Danny's having some uh, poorly acted bad dreams and sneaks out of the middle of the night in case he's following him because he's claustrophobic, by the way. Whatever. And uh, by the way, neither uh, Casey nor Danny uh, covers a secret turtle sewer drain when they leave. Great move well, there. Can, again, can we talk about the fact that Danny said he ran away and his first, like, Access to refuse refuge was this fucking sewer? Like what? I think it's because he was the ninja who who found him. You know you know what I mean? Maybe I don't fucking I don't know. know. I mean I don't know. Who cares? Fuck this kid. <laughs> that's that's the most reasonable explanation I I've heard. <laughs> Whatever. So uh Danny's now speaking with Splinter and uh you get some more background on Splinter's master Yoshi as well as Shredder and I'm just going to spoil that because I I cannot pronounce this other dude's name so it's Splinter or it's it's, it's Shredder. Um it just makes it easier for me. So Yoshi and Shredder were fierce rivals both in karate as well as a love for the same woman and uh after Yoshi left for America with the girl Shredder soon followed and killed them both. But during the fight, Splinter's cage was opened, and after Splinter attacked and scratched his face, Shredder cut off part of his ear and disappeared forever. God, th- this is where this movie really started to lose me. I felt like that <laughs> whole sequence was just like one run, one long run-on sentence. It was just like, and then they were in love with the same girl, and then they moved to New York, and then he found him <laughs> in the New whole York. movie. And then they knocked over my cage, and I scratched his face, and he cut my ear off. That's how we got here. <laughs> yeah, he's just blinking. It's like that's a lot of info to process in forty-five seconds. When did that happen? Yeah, when did that happen, uh, Splinter? Five days ago. <laughs> I am a rat. I will say that one of the best parts I love is like they fell so deeply in love that they gave each other a hug. As opposed to like, it's so interesting. Like this movie is, I don't know what audience they're aiming for because they have like some jokes that are like they're talking, they're doing like James Cagney impressions. With yeah, people from like the 30s. Yeah, and angels with dirty faces. 
Yeah, and then they're doing like, oh, but then like, oh, they fell in love, and then it's like, oh, I'm not gonna kiss you. I'm gonna give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, a but, really apathetic but then, one. Yeah, we're gonna cover up the sex part of the hug, but then we're gonna show her her dead body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. And then now his dead body. Yeah, I was just like, man, can we figure this out? Also, you're there's literal torture in this movie. So, but we but we can't show them kissing on the lips. Okay, well that that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, oh. Splinter's hung up like fucking John McCain in Vietnam this entire movie, and he's just <laughs> he can't show this shit. R.I.P. Uh. Like that guy. Well, also though, um, oh, I mean Shredder. Like you committed a double homicide. Like why not just step on this pet rat that disfigured your face? Even by normal human standards, like before Splinter morphs into this giant like talking rat, that's still a really fucking big rat. Like, yeah. That can walk on two feet. Right? I mean, it's an amazing karate. rat. And, and study karate visually. It has empathy for humans. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> it's a pretty miraculous oh. rat. Well, after this, Shredder uh, sneaks up and interrogates Danny and also finds a picture of the turtles that April made. So uh, Shredder tells uh, Tazu that he's got to take care of the turtles. What about Splinter? Yeah, just kill him. Oh, no. <laughs> Also, why why'd you bring that photo with you, you dummy? Leave that somewhere else. It's like, well, what's this? Oh, you happen to have like this one key piece of information that lets me know everything that's going on. It's like, come on. It's tugging material on, for later. I wasn't expecting you to see that. Danny's like the simple jack of this movie. You know what I mean? You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, however, uh, Casey uh, pulls kind of like an Indiana Jones move of stealing his Foot Clan suit and finds Danny, and they go to rescue Splinter. So, two things here. Casey makes a quick wardrobe change right before uh, getting Splinter, right? Yes. I think he's like so. in the full costume, and then you cut, and he's now wearing the sweatpants again. <laughs> yeah, and then also just uh, Casey sees Splinter, and he kind of freezes for a minute, and he's like, well, that's a frail old six foot rat person where are the keys then he goes I'm a friend of it's just like oh god can you stop it can you stop it stop it Scott Stapp please I'm sorry a triple play I'm a friend to the turtles yeah Yes, sir. I just have to say though, like, where does he come? Where does this like deep sense of like familial connection come to St- to Scott Stapp? Because like for the rest of this movie, he's like, you think they your family, family, family? Yeah. It's like, where has this right. come from? You were hanging out with turtles and a girl for like a day and a half, and now he's like, now I understand the roots of family, and now that's they're gonna. Right. Yeah, this dude was like two days ago. This guy was a gutter orphan in Central Park. <laughs> And I'm not saying you can't change, but, like, that was not demonstrated. Like, there was no, like, epiphany that he had, no. right? That he, like, now appreciates and understands the importance of family. He was beating the shit out of somebody. They went up to a farm, smoked some dope, hung out for a bit, <laughs> and came back, came back to the city. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't see what's happening yeah. here. Like, again, he, has, he serves no purpose in this movie. You could easily just had Danny rescue Splinter and yeah, made him the redeeming right. character. Like, had that a second probably made more thought. sense, because at least those two have, like, a fucking connection. And April yeah. could have fucked Raphael. Per- precisely. And then Everyone was, wins. Especially Mike. Because again, <laughs> Splinter I, would have watched. Especially Mike. I'm hungering for that. 
Okay, I need it. <laughs> I'm craving for this turtle loving. <laughs> I need me some turtle soup. Yeah, I was just about to say it. Because <laughs> I was, because I, I, it came out of my mouth, and then I was like, "This sounds familiar." Okay, never mind. <laughs> Foreplay on the half shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nom, nom, well played, oh, Max. That, well, but you know they'd have to be on top, yeah. <laughs> Turtle gets flipped over on its back. That fucking thing's dead. So you know, <laughs> April's got to be the power bottom. <laughs> Just giving the turtles some just free advice from a couple old guys and letting some 15-year-old turtles. <laughs> this is how you do it, okay, fellas? You ne- you've never you never made love to a turtle before, but you ever done a turtle style? <laughs> Once you go turtle, you never go back. Yeah, I think we. Listen, I, think we I went to summer out. camp at the South Shore Science Science Center, and I've had some experience <laughs> with fucking turtles. Believe me, Meadowcroft was never more important than than it is now, or whatever it's called. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Move along. Edit that Move along. In. <laughs> oh, this could be our shortest podcast ever, and it seems like the longest. That's historically like a pretty good recipe for success, right? <laughs> historically. <laughs> historically, but sometimes history doesn't repeat itself. <laughs> So uh, at the same time, the turtles are fighting on the Foot Clan, and uh, Casey's fighting Tazu and defeats him with a golf club. And um, so I might, I might need some help here uh, from the rest of the movie because I watched this right after making a three-hour drive home from the UT weekend, and I was kind of fighting to stay awake towards the end of this movie. Um, but all, all I know, this is what I remember. This, I wrote this down today, like two days later, is that uh, Sam Rockwell says something like, "Hey, we can't allow this to happen. We're family." And then Casey Jones kind of. Looks like he's about to have some like impactful speech, but like loses all momentum and kind of freezes up and just kind of goes, "Family, you guys call this family?" Um, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> then Splinter comes in yeah, and yeah, says no, something. It's, it's like, what? Yeah, they're all looking at him. They're all looking up. Like, and, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I wear Casey sweatpants Jones, and a hockey, Casey and a hockey Jones, mask. Casey Jones, a.k.a. Scott Stapp, um, he's a, he was a, a charismatic pro hockey player, and then his obviously his heroin habit caught up to him. <laughs> and uh, I think he was jonesing for his next fix and uh, could really uh, put uh, put two thoughts together. So I don't think it's, you know, well, let's, I feel bad for him. If it's Scott Stapp, though, I'd be like, family, you ever heard of the Lord and Savior? <laughs> Listen, maybe maybe this little jingle uh, will explain it for you. Oh, can you take me? Hey, we're down. Every, everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, he'll slowly walk backwards out of the room. So, fun fact: yeah. Scott Stapp once recorded a song called "Marlins, Marlins Will one. Soar." <laughs> yep. Marlins. Fly, Marlins, fly. I'll have to send that to you guys because it is just generic baseball oh, you, talk. Generic, but it's double play, uh, fastball, triple play, perfect game. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. A triple play, a perfect game. A triple play and a perfect game don't go one. That doesn't happen. So I don't know what you're talking about there, Scott. You can't have a triple play and a perfect game there, buddy. <laughs> 
Um, okay. All right, back to the final battle. <laughs> so, uh, cut back to the turtles still fighting, having a time in their lives with all their turtle shell puns. And uh, all the Foot Clan just start running up to the roof, and the turtles start following. But it's a trap, because Shredder just bang, jumps bang, down bang. from something. I guess, like, another roof above the roof? Yeah. This is what it would have been really useful, especially when Max's latest comment for another amphibian, this time, you know, deep, deep from a, from a galaxy far, far away. Because it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a fucking trap. Turn around. <laughs> oh, God. Too good. Squid guy. <laughs> yeah. Best character in Star Wars. Admiral Akbar. That, that, yep, that's him. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Oh, <laughs> um, funny though. All the turtles are like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Because no one's mentioned Shredder to them, so they have absolutely no idea who he is. Which seems like a flaw, right? <laughs> yeah. This like is in the, the cartoons, battle, and they have one half of the team doesn't know who the other half is. Yeah, like Shredder's fully aware of who they are, and they're like, uh. Don't get this guy a can opener or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would have been funny if Shredder's ego kind of got in the way. He'd be like, what do you mean you don't know who Fuck I am? you guys. I'm the guy who's been sending all these people after you. I'm the mastermind of this whole thing. I am Shredder. You guys, who? Yeah. Shredder. You don't know who I am? <laughs> well, they, they don't. You guys are real dicks. Then he just goes Fuck away. Fuck you guys. And then, it comes, and then it becomes a Friends episode where Shredder's in the coffee shop telling Monica about his feelings. <laughs> goes downstairs to the coffee shop. Yeah. Same guitar solo. I just, I just don't get it, Monica. They didn't even know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> Could I be any more made out of metal parts? <laughs> I'm never gonna get part with a scarred up face. <laughs> I'm gonna be stuck to doing sushi commercials forever. <laughs> let's go back to our let's go back to our seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar apartment that we can't afford. Yeah, everyone there. Right. Exactly. Oh god, so many things. All right. Well, they're going up against Shredder one on one for some dumb reason, and they're getting their asses yep. kicked. Mm-hmm. Not smart. I got, yeah, I got that written down. I was like, back it once, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking murdered. Well, then uh, they realize the Shredder probably knows where Splinter is. So uh, the music gets all dramatic, and they start having this final showdown with the ninjas fighting a little bit better. But Shredder is just still beating the shit out of them. And he says that Splinter is dead, and to get rid of your weapons, or I'm going to kill one of your turtle brothers here. Because he did pin one of, one of them down. Uh, so they throw all their weapons. Hehe, <laughs> stupid turtles. Why did you throw away all your weapons? Now I'm going to kill all of you easily. Yep. Well, you talked about the music getting like dramatic. I thought that the whole like score from this movie was 16-bit Sega Genesis soundtrack. I mean, it's all just the same repetitive bullshit. Like you're playing a, a world in Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. <laughs> this movie was on a budget, that's why. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, then uh, Splinter comes out of nowhere with some like crouching tiger hidden dragon shit and he just like jumps from like the bottom of the street up to this roof out of nowhere and he <laughs> knows who Shredder really is and then uh, Shredder just kind of loses his mind and runs at Splinter uh, who's just sitting on the edge of his roof by the way very reckless and uh, pretty much he just moves a few inches to the right it, which causes Shredder to like fly off this roof 
But uh, Splinter is a good guy, so he uses a nunchuck uh, that was kind of hanging off the roof uh, to hold Shredder over the edge of the roof. Uh, but then Shredder uh, takes out one of his throwing knives at Splinter, and he just kind of lets him go. And uh, Shredder falls off the roof and into this trash compactor. And oh boy. Yeah. So this, at the end, he... <laughs> Swalled psycho Casey Jones, thirsty for blood, just turns a trash compactor on, presumably killing him, going, oops. And no one asked him to do this, by the way. So he just murders this guy in a public street with like a hundred witnesses. Just crushes this man to death. Very slowly tortures this guy. Like, yeah. Again, these are just things I was not thinking of as like a nine-year-old. How horrible this actually is. Yep. Oh, and uh, just crushed uh, your enemy under this trash compactor? Dope. Awesome. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I audibly, while I was watching that, I audibly just went, Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> good God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Die Hard kind of takes something to this similarly, like the next year, but that movie's rated R. Like, that belongs in that movie. <laughs> Not in this fucking kid's movie. Yeah, no. Well doesn't really matter. Nobody really cares about this either. And the cops and the media show up at the same time. And you have this nice little family embrace with Danny and Charles. And then old sweaty balls Casey and April make out after committing this murder. And uh, all the turtles are all happy about killing this guy. Or about this murder that they were involved in. And the movie ends with a real shitty ner- uh, ninjas, uh, Ninja Turtle rap song. And oh, God. Cowabunga, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That fucking rap song was so D? fucking bad. That's like a classic like early 90s rap that's now trying to be appropriated for like mass America. Just like, yo, 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 when I'm here to say, it's like, oh, yeah. no. Please. After the here to say part, I just turned it off. I'm like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a funky amphibian and I'm here to stay. Oh, yeah. oh, God. The turtles are going to eat some pizzas. No time to play. Okay. All right. <laughs> I will. I just want to put in one other thing that I thought was hilarious. When they're in the car at like the end of the movie, it's you know Danny and the, the dad. And he's like, no, dad, it's just Dan now. I was like, wait, mm. is Danny your gang name? He's like, that's what that is? Because, like... No, Danny... Danny uh, Danny became a man. Oh, Remember? Sorry, he became sorry, a man. Yeah. Splinter made him a man. <laughs> <laughs> had those turtles. So he went from Danny to Dan. Yeah, he gives... He gives... Uh, whatever her name is. Her fucking $20 back. And then... Uh, that's the big transition now they give for him. $20 back, Derek. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I would like to apologize to each and every one of our listeners. For completely ruining this shitty podcast that we just did. Yeah. And not me just giving away that uh, Shredder was the enemy 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn it. I I did not enjoy this movie. I've got to say, like, this was one of my favorite fucking movies as a kid. I did not like watching it. It's probably because you watched it on YouTube. No, it's just... Just a a pretty poor movie. (laughs) Well, it's over, guys. You don't have to watch it ever again. But it's always going to stay in your head now. It's going to be imprinted into your adult brain. You're welcome. (laughs) Glad I picked this one. Glad you guys all hated it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, trivia time. Um, At the time of this movie, this is the highest grossing independent movie ever made. Wow. Wow. Well, probably just because they were just so fucking popular back then. Yeah. 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 How much did but, this make? Like two hundred and sixty million, I think. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, but like that's the thing. It was independent, so people didn't think it was gonna do well. So like none of the major studios uh, bought the rights to it because like they had done a He-Man Masters of the Universe like two years prior and it fucking bombed. So they're like, we can't do these kid cartoon things. Like no one's gonna watch this shit. And then it just became like a huge sensation. It sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Liberal well, elites, it's Hollywood types. They don't know mm-hmm. what America wants. You know what? It's, you know what else is also green like the turtles? Money. <laughs> you dummies. Right, Tim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think Tim and I are just like ready to get this shit over with, guys. <laughs> green like money because they have jobs. <laughs> Tim's just reading work emails right now. It's like, uh huh. <laughs> oh, is that true? Wow. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like when your dad sits oh. down and he's listening to you talk, but like he really mm-hmm. doesn't give a right. shit about what you're saying. Like, oh, that's great sport. Yeah. Yeah, great sport. Hey, listen, uh, hold that thought. I got to go take a shit. <laughs> okay. I could go buy some cigarettes. I might be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so also the actress who played April O'Neil was not asked back for the sequel because she complained too much during filming of this movie. Good. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> what did she complain about? Uh, she was complaining about just like the it was like six day work weeks, and she was just I get and she complained about it's like this is too violent like we're working too long. They're like you know what lady fuck you you're not coming back because they made another movie in ninety one. The true Hollywood jokes story. Jokes yeah, on them, uh, the, the true Hollywood story. This would have been like, listen, you know, I, my complaint, my, my primary complaint is that I want to fuck these turtles. When are we gonna fuck these turtles? <laughs> you made these turtles too sexy. <laughs> I thought this was like a like an art film. I thought I was gonna get just real dirty with these turtles. One thing I thought about too was how entertaining do you think this movie was to the colorblind audience of America? How do you think they determined which turtle was which? Or how could they determine the film because it's like extremely dark. Like it's, you can't really see much <laughs> for most of the movie. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's so okay. what? Yeah, god damn it. Our second film in Ninja November. <laughs> um, also, so all those movies, you know, took place in New York. The majority of it was filmed in North Carolina. Good. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. It's very weird. And um, so it was like on like a studio in, in uh, North Carolina. So the Foot Clan factory was reused for Dino Haddon in the horrible Super Mario's Brother movie in, ni- in 1993. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <that's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this gives me a whole new level of appreciation of this movie. <laughs> and it was also used for the Top Dollars nightclub in the movie The Crow the following year. Really? Yep. yep. I'm pretty sure also April O'Neil's apartment is pretty much the same exact apartment that uh, Brandon Lee has. <laughs> oh, come on. Brandon Lee. All right, Perk. Should probably use the union. Hey. <laughs> Just in case you guys didn't know, they, they uh, were non-union for that movie. And they had like a 15-year-old guy who was uh, doing the props for the weapons. And it was supposed to be a blank gun. And they, <laughs> shot, they shot the gun. And he died. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah that, that happened in what The Crow. What movie is this for? The Crow. It was Bruce Lee's kid. Oh. He, he got killed on set. <laughs> he was a star of the movie. That's... I mean, not good. Probably shouldn't say funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so. 
probably shouldn't say that. I don't know about so, your tone. Not go- not gonna say that, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, uh, when Tracy Jones or uh, Casey Jones throws a trash can over the head of Raphael, it broke the guy's nose who was wearing the mask, and they had to replace him with a dude who did the Nunchuck Foot Clan member stuff. And uh, also, this was the last movie that Jim Henson worked on. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is uh, really engaging, guys. Let's just get into the questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was your I don't know who Jim Henson is, so Muppets. 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 Dude, I don't fucking know this stuff. I'm... <laughs> Everybody in America knows the gen. Do they? Because I'm I'm an American. I don't know it, so I just that's okay. proved your theory. That's okay. When we originally were going to do these questions, one of the things I had asked was, uh, "How would Zack Snyder make this movie worse?" And Tim goes, "Who's Zack Snyder?" <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't know things, guys. <laughs> You asked me on this movie podcast, I don't watch movies. What are you asking me to do? <laughs> that's that's essentially, that is before. exactly what, it, that is Tim exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, like, that is my role in the podcast. I'm the guy who doesn't know shit about any of these movies. <laughs> concept? Who's Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's kid? Who's Bruce Lee? <laughs> Well, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did do a double take because I was like, oh, Jackie Chan. And then I was like, no, that's a, that's the wrong Wait, person. Jackie Chan is an Asian man. Bruce Lee did Tim. not do a movie with uh, Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's your favorite least favorite character in this movie? My favorite was Casey Jones. My least favorite was Danny. Yeah. That is all. <laughs> okay. That's good. I'll go next just because I'm I'm pretty much uh, as like Derek there. Um, favorite Splinter, always liked him. Seems like a good dude, except for kind of killing Shredder, but he kind of had it coming to him. And least favorite April, just because she's a pain in the ass. Uh, I was gonna say uh, favorite would be uh, Raphael because of his pure rage. <laughs> I can relate to that. And um, always seeing my red. least favorite. What's that? Is it always seeing red. Yeah, exactly. Me and Raphael are on the same wavelength. Um, and then uh, I, definitely Danny. I, I was hoping Raphael would like fucking you know like impale Danny at some point. But what are you gonna do? You know, a, a man could dream. Um, yeah, I mean Splinter is my favorite, and he always really was because I thought he was dope in the cartoons. And mm. you know, Danny is the obvious answer. I think. I mean, I don't like you know April at least, but she makes some some funny jokes. Danny is just absolutely useless this entire time this is when it would have been good for him to actually get into that like crack academic and just just peter away <laughs> into some into some opium den would have been preferable stay in that sewer Danny yeah exactly alright if Mark Wahlberg was in this what would he be confused about wait 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 so you have a, this sweet house is in a sewer because <laughs> this house is pretty sweet yeah <laughs> You guys eat a lot of pizza, but I don't see any toilet anywhere. So, uh, you guys just like shit wherever you want? Because that's pretty awesome. You guys work a lot on pipes, so you can work on Deepwater Horizon with me. <laughs> Get the fuck over here. Yeah. Oh. 
this uh this splinter guy he kind of has um listen hey come here close all right? <laughs> he kind of has like an asian accent is that true is he an asian guy because i got a thing for asians and i'm not like a good thing but like a bad thing like i want to kill him <laughs> mark you really need to settle down about this yeah 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 no, totally 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 but anyways tell me you're out of the clan mark <laughs> We we read the papers. What kind of clan is this? I said I don't like Asians. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Unlike IMDb with their zero through ten score, Rotten Tomatoes with their certified fresh scores, we decided to make our own scoring system. What would your score be for this movie? I'm gonna take it's not gonna be good, guys. Um. Well, I'll, I'll give it one hockey-inspired sensual massage out of an easily accessible <laughs> trash compactor handle. I'm gonna give it um. Eight sonorous Scott tap stap tones out of yes, um <laughs> out of uh, four uh, limp biscuit uh, diarrhea dumps. Yeah, that's my sound effects. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. That's that's <laughs> fine. Um, I'm gonna give this one pointless house in the you know dilapidated house in the country for smoking dope and finding yourself <laughs> out of seventy five horny ill-fed mcdonald's full teens just running around their dope dojo slash skate park (laughs) i'm gonna give this 50 charges of attempted murder with a deadly weapon by casey jones pled down to aggravated assault with the help of uh, one michael preble lawyer out of one cold and late delivered domino's pizza (laughs) i can get behind that Take any guys don't want to talk about this movie anymore. So, I could live without ever doing it again. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> All right. Well, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you want to follow the show on social media, we have the links in the description box of the podcast episode. So you can reach us on our Facebook page, tdbackrow.pod. We're on Instagram at tdbackrow underscore pod. If you want to write into our mailbag, you won't. But if you wanted to, you could reach us at tdbackrow at gmail.com. So, not sure if we're going to do another one or not. We've talked about the episodes, but we're going to just see if we can get everybody together. uh, with The holidays coming up. Um, But we'll do our best. So, until next time, think twice before letting a man into your house who's never changed his pants. (laughs) Wise words. Or you'll end up like Tim. Wildly successful, that is. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye, all. Bye. So that podcast is going to (laughs) suck. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't think that was that bad. Well, and, and it didn't help that for the last, like, ten minutes, every time you guys would start saying something... I would catch like the first three seconds and then would hear nothing. Mm. So <laughs> Thank you, Chicago. I'm not really cu- sure what scores you gave. It's all going to be new, which I guess isn't, <laughs> isn't a new experience for me, not being able to remember or recall the last 30 minutes of our podcasts. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, for me and Tim it's more just like a steady stream. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like a it's like a Ford Pinto without a carburetor, you know? It's just a running <laughs> faucet. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> when, I, when I go to the toilet, it sounds a lot. It's actually kind of silent because it's like a nuclear bomb going off. You know what I mean? The, the pressure wave, the air pressure wave doesn't allow sound waves to... It, it just like a... It displaces all the air. So you know what I mean? there's, nothing, there's no media for the sound waves to travel through. Your next door neighbor's yeah, exactly. pictures all fall off the wall, though. <laughs> yep, Things are conjuring. No, it's just Tim taking a shit. <laughs> oh, God.